Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Winged Nation presents, presented by Driving DRF Racing Oils. Sprint Car Racing is known for some great characters, and one of the best ambassadors our sport has is Shane Carson. He's a 2007 inductee into the Sprint Car Hall of Fame, and for Shane, it's been a lifelong passion. He was a little kid. His father was a promoter. He was selling programs in the stands, and he's done everything. He's promoted races. He's driven race cars. He's owned teams. He has done it all, and Shane Carson continues to this day to be one of our sport's great ambassadors. At the Knoxville Nationals, had a chance to catch up and sit down with the Hall of Famer. With thousands of laps logged, Dryden's DRF Racing Oils were built and proven on the track. And now they're ready for your race engine. DRF is engineered exclusively for high horsepower racing engines that require maximum performance against the toughest competition. And DRF Racing and Break-In Oils are built with competition-grade ZDVP to protect critical engine components while boasting improved torque and horsepower and superior temperature reduction. To get DRF in your engine, go to drfracing.com or call 1-877-DRY-D. We are here at Knoxville Raceway. It's Wing Nation Presents, and we're talking to a Hall of Famer, 2007 inductee into the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. Shane Carson is here. How are you, man? I'm doing great, Steve. It's all busy downstairs and oh, here, yeah. so it's all good. Yeah, it is race week here yep. in Knoxville, oh, yeah. so we're busy, and, and and we want to talk about we want to talk about all that's going on here because Shane is maybe the busiest man here during race week. But but I want to I want to go back to your racing mm-hmm. and your early days. Your your dad was involved, so it's right. a family business, yeah. if you will. What are your earliest memories? What 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 bug bit you well, to get they, you involved they, in it? All my heroes were racers that ran locally right there at Oklahoma City. Yeah, you know, we thought those guys were the best. They were they could go to any series and run with the Indy 500 guys and yeah. win. We, you know, as far as I was concerned, they were the best we could see. You know, we had other events come in Oklahoma City, IMCA, USAC, mm-hmm. but they normally ran them in the afternoon during the fair, and they weren't any good. I'm thinking, man, our our guys are so much better than these guys. Yeah. But now I learned more about that later. Yeah, sure. But uh, you know, I started when I was eight. I finally got to go to sell, to sell programs at the track because I had a, that was a rule. You couldn't go till you were eight. 
And then as soon as I was eight, I could sell programs. So that's what I started doing. It. You, so you're, 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 your family is running the business. You're mm-hmm. selling programs. <laughs> yeah. But in 1973, you decided that you want to get to the other side of the fence behind the wheel of a race Pretty car. Much. Talk about getting to that point and well, what your passion was for driving. Well, my passion was uh, to be like those guys I watched all my life. Uh-huh. But, but prior to that, for a couple of years before that, I got into motorcycle racing. I was that's racing right. motocross stuff. And, and my mom and dad didn't know about it. I had a panel truck, and I kept my bike in the panel truck. And somebody ratted on me and told my dad that I was racing, and I won. And that was a bad thing, because he said, if you're going to race, you're going to race cars. So that was 73. Well, that kind of worked out all right. I still kept yeah. the bike. Yeah, you still kept the bike, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, you know, motocross is a great uh, tool for learning how to how to ride, actually how to race without wrecking and getting hurt. Yeah. Because you fall off a bike well, and you get hurt. You spin out in the car, you just straighten out and go. Yeah. So, you know, you learned a lot about finishing the race and passing car, uh, bikes and, and moving through the field without crashing. So, yeah. What do you remember? Yeah, 1973, you start mm-hmm. racing. It wasn't long, you were actually winning races. What do you remember, you know, the, the, the climbing in behind the wheel of the race car, getting out there on the racetrack? What, do you, what are some of your early memories of just the thrill well, of being a race car? Driver? Well, luckily, I was I was a beneficiary of my brother's race car, so it was always set up well, and it was, oh, yeah. it was a successful car when I got a hold of it because he went into the next division up so i got his car you know at that level and it was pretty competitive and it was a six-cylinder inline chevy mm-hmm, yeah okay and uh you know no power steering none of that stuff you don't need all that the brakes <laughs> probably didn't work all that well but we didn't care and uh you know and i just got to where i could drive it and i was able to be competitive right away and of course you know all the old timers that were racing at that time they'd been racing for 20 30 years yeah they didn't really like it you know i was 18 whatever I think you had to be 18 to race, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was 18, and this kid, plus he's a promoter's kid, ah, come yeah. in, and you know they're they're thinking he's probably out here every day hot lapping, practicing. You yeah, know, that's an unfair advantage, but I never did because my dad was made. He made an example out of me every time. It if was it was a, a photo finish, I lost. I don't care was, if I was ahead. He, he was. He yes, was, he was that guy. He was the one you're going to get your yeah. butt whipped in school, yeah. and then you're going to get butt whipped oh, yeah. at home. Yeah. And he was the same way with you, although they thought it was right. the opposite, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they thought it was a big advantage, and I thought it was a big disadvantage. <laughs> Isn't that funny but, how yeah. that works? Oh, yeah. You quickly made the jump into open wheel cars. Mm-hmm. How did that? Work? Well, that was mine. Was open. Your was open wheel. Okay, it's kind of a yeah, modified, modified body, yeah. but they're open wheel. Yeah. Right, open and, wheel, um, but straight axle rear, uh, open tube rears, and okay, that, that yeah. sort of thing. But then into the sprint cars. And then I got actually I was running that that um, six cylinder Chevy in Tulsa. I, I ended up putting a Ford in it and going to Tulsa, and Laverne Nance was going to Tulsa okay. because he was selling parts. So he was watching these kids in these in that lower division, and he told somebody, he said, man, I think that chain kid could probably drive a sprint car. And so he told me about it, and I, mean, I hadn't even seen a sprint car hardly. And, yeah. And he talked me into hot lapping it one night. So I go for my six-cylinder Chevy, probably 250 horse, up to his 550 horse sprint car, and we hot lapped it at Dewey, Oklahoma. And then he said, why don't you hot lap it the next night at Tulsa? And that was, a, that was like Bridgeport, 5.8s flat, high speed. Yeah. You know, so I go and do that too. And uh, after that was over, I come in. He said, Well, he goes, I think we should go racing. I'm thinking, I probably figured he'd probably say, well, We'll go to Dallas or we'll go somewhere. Yeah. He goes, We're going to go to Denver. And I'm thinking, Denver? Where's Denver? Where's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said, Denver, Colorado. So we went to Denver, Colorado. A two day uh-huh. show. Wolfie won the, Wolfgang won the first one. And Eddie Levitt won the second. And I run fourth or fifth in both of them. So that's how I got started. Wow. That was 1976. 1976. Yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I read, it was one sentence in something I read. 1977, mm-hmm. Laverne Nance, mm-hmm. an all-aluminum sprint car? What was right that? Right here. 
Really? <laughs> right what, here. What, what was well, it? Well, the, the car was built by George Gillespie and Fred Linder. They designed it, and Nance built it. It was an aluminum chassis car. I still have it. It's in my house. Okay. But anyway, we, we, we ran, they built the car, and that was the first of the new design, not a bolt-on roll cage. You know, it was a new design, mm -hmm. uh, Nance. And uh, Fred and George talked them into building it. And Lance said, well, Nance had all these uh, hookups around uh, Wichita that built aircraft that were aluminum. And so he had all that. Ah, okay. So he just, behind the scenes, he built this aluminum car. And when Fred and George came to pick up their car, it was aluminum. And they said, oh, you know, I'm not sure about that. But he talked them into taking it, and they went and raced it. And, I mean, the first few, few races, they went in like the, the wing flew off, broke the stud, you know, yeah. spuds off. That didn't work. So then the shock towers, you know, they're, they're welded on and had the bolts for the shocks, and it broke them off. Yeah. So they had to build some with sliders on them so it would hold the shocks. all the weak spots, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, they raced that thing, and, and the rear torsion tubes twisted out of the rear because they were, they were not secured enough. So, you know, when you, you was racing it, I remember watching it at, at um, Anzanita or somewhere, and Fred was driving it, and I was just, you know, mm -hmm. watching from the infield, and that car was getting lower every lap. Well, the tubes were twisting out of the rear. Oh, yeah. So when it came across at the end, it was like dragging the ground. So they went and fixed the rear tubes by putting steel tubes on it. And okay. then they ran a race somewhere out west, maybe uh, Ascot, and they brought it back to Nance's shop and said, we're done with this car. Yeah. We yeah. want to steal one. So Laverne, you know, he, he's, he was really an innovator. Right, yeah. You know, a really smart guy, self-taught. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, okay, so he gives him a steel frame, but he never forgot about that aluminum car. Yeah. He always thought, you know, one day... And I'd been driving that spring front with the bolt-on cage, the Nance car. Right. And he says, uh, he said, well, well, Shane will drive it. He don't care. So, you know, so he put it back together. And oh, we bring what? it to Knoxville. Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah, this is No Wing, Knoxville, Iowa, Saturday night show. And we're really fast. I think we were fast, either fast time or second. Oh, on a weekly show. And Earl Wagner, who was yeah. the, uh, he was the competition director. So Earl comes over. He's got a wrench in his pocket. You know, he pulls the wrench out. He's dinging on the cage, donk, 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 you know, doesn't sound like steel. No. And we didn't paint it. It was aluminum. And he's yeah. like, bonk, bonk. He goes, you know, he has a cigarette. And he goes, boys, he goes, you need to take this car home. It's illegal. And Laverne's sitting right there. And he's looking at me. He goes, what'd he say? I, yeah. said, I said, he said it was illegal. We got to take it home. He goes, well, we're not done racing. He said, well, he just changed the rule. And, you know, we had to take it home. So we didn't run it. That's right, yeah. Uh, you know, that night. I, yeah. We'd already run it a time or two. But right. anyway, we take it back to Wichita, put a steel frame together, come back for the Nationals that year in 77, and ran. And I was actually leading the feature on Friday night and blew the motor. <laughs> so, so, I, so I roll into the pits, and there's this guy, there's a bunch of guys standing around it from Washington State that I knew who they were. And Laverne said, well, we, we just sold that car. So he sold the car out from under me. Right out from under me. <laughs> so, you know, I was done again. Back to my six-cylinder. <laughs> Yeah, I was back at Tulsa. That's that's seventy seven. <laughs> okay, story. Yeah. 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 So seventy seven, but you're back. Mm -hmm. But in seventy eight, you started what would be not only an owner driver relationship, yeah. but a lifelong friendship yeah. with Bob Trossel. Yeah. Um, yeah. When he called me, he goes, uh, he goes, Wolfie quit. Wolfie went to Speedway Motors. He's mm -hmm. gonna drive for Speedy Bill. And uh, you know, I was just I was just learning who the players were. Right. I didn't really know. I knew Nance. And uh, and we actually, when I was with Nance in the spring of '77, we won a race, and my, my very first feature win ever was in a sprint car at um, at uh, Phoenix City, Alabama. Double right. is a double feature night. I won one, Wolfie won the other. Well, when I beat Wolfie that night or that day, apparently Bob Trossel never forgot that. So when Wolfie quit, he called me. Oh wow! In the winter of '77, and he goes, 
He goes, I'd like for you to drive my car. We're going to go to Florida and we're going to run this whole series. And if you're, you know, if you pass the test, you'll be the driver for the year. Yeah. So, you know, I go down there. With, right. You know, I was yeah. like a, what do you call it, a apprenticeship of some sort. Right, yeah, yeah. So I go down there and, and we run all those races. I didn't, with with uh, Bob Trossel in the 20 car, the one that's downstairs. Yeah, in the museum, yeah. So I run all those races. I didn't win any, but I didn't crash and I looked fast enough to, he told me to move up there. Nice. So that's how it happened. I moved out to Des Moines and uh, started racing with Bob. I won my first feature at Lakeside in April that year. And then we won 25 features throughout the year and won the title here. Title here, yes, yeah. exactly. Um, <laughs> so that was big for me. Yeah. You, the, the era you, and, and, and reading like Wolfgang's book and everything, those relationships, while the friendships go on and ever, yeah. sometimes the relation, the, the, the business. So you, you did bounce around a little bit. You seemed to come back to Trossel a couple times well, also. In, in 79, at the end of 78, when I won all those races and I won a couple of titles, and Bob, Bob said, he, he called me and said, well, we're not going to go to Eldora. You know, I've been waiting to yeah. go to Eldora all year, and yeah. there was a 10,000 to win race at Eldora. Yeah. I'm thinking, wow, is that, can they really pay that? <laughs> but we did it. We went up where we're going. Yeah. We get back from um, from Chula Vista, California, in probably October, early October, and I'm at my house in Oklahoma City getting all my stuff ready, yeah. you know, checking out my tear-offs, making sure I got gloves, and I'm all good to go. I'm headed to Ohio, and Bob calls me and he said, well, he goes, uh, we're not going to Eldora. He goes, I don't think you can do any good there anyway. And I'm, I'm still trying to process that. Yeah. And, then he, and then he follows that up with, and by the way, Wolfie's in, you're out. That was at so the end of 78. <laughs> so. so that's how it first started. Right. So yeah. so then I'm sitting there with, kind of numb with, with uh, wondering what's going on. And I get a call from the Nichols brothers out of Ohio. Right. And and I knew who they were, but I'd never been around them. And they called and they said, hey, we, we heard you're looking for a ride. And I'm thinking, I just got off the phone with Bob Trussell. How do you hear that? Yeah. Because you know, that's not like the day of internet yeah, it's not on our phone. Yeah. yeah. We can do that today. Yeah. But back then, it usually took Speed Sport coming out like in a month or a week. To find out the news, yeah. Out. yeah. Anyway, he says, uh, yeah, I just talked to Bob, and he said, you're out, and, and, and I, should, I should get you to come and race. So I called Danny Smith and a couple of guys and asked them about the car, and they weren't, they weren't painting a very pretty picture. Okay, yeah. But I thought, you know, well, I've been, I've been playing on this all year, so I'm going to go ahead and go. Go to, go to Eldora. So I, yeah. so I flew to, uh, to, I think I flew to Toledo. They picked me up. We come down to the shop in uh, in Lima, mm-hmm. and it's like midnight or something. And the race is the next next day. You had to be in the pits at nine o'clock in the morning. So we we pull in there so I can fit the car at midnight. And I walk in the shop, and and there, you couldn't even see in there. And the motor was laying on the ground. Oh my God! And the car was all taken apart. And I yeah. said, well, "Is that the car?" And I said, "Yeah." And I said, "Where's the motor?" Oh, we're just checking the bearings. I got the tan off. It's got floor dye swept up around it. I'm thinking, "Oh no, <laughs> this is this whatever." Is not good. <laughs> So, so we go to their house, and, that, and when I got up the next morning, that thing was all together, and, and they hauled me down there, and I won that race. Yeah. At Eldora, yes. Yes. Oh, my and that gosh. And that was a big story. Yeah, I <laughs> guess so. That was a big so. story. I guess yeah, so. It was and one that nobody believed, including me. Yeah. And we called Bob Jossel on the way home. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we go, let's go to the payphone. So we find a payphone on the highway somewhere, and we, we all pile in this payphone. There's like five of us. The Nichols brothers are in there with me. They're yeah. Like, and I'm saying, well, Bob, you know, this Shane, I, we're just headed from Eldora, and we want to let you know how it went. He goes, well, well, who won? I said, well, who do you think won? He goes, well, Wolfie? I said, no, it wasn't Wolfie. I said, had to have been Steve. No, it wasn't Steve either. He goes, well, well, who won? I said, we did. And I'm like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't saying a word. But, really? Yeah. But, uh, but he finally came around, and he said, well, congratulations. Charlie Schwartz ran second. 
yeah. in the um, in the other in the the other trussel car. Okay, yeah. So yeah, he had so two trussel cars up front. So, uh, yeah. So he kind of put it aside for a minute and, and promoted the fact that his cars ran one too. Well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happened. So that's anyway. my story. I'm sticking with it, right? right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you, <laughs> you, you, you know, Oklahoma City has been mm-hmm. been your home base. Uh, 82 and 83, you did run the full World of Outlaw right. Tour, third in points, fifth in points. Mm-hmm. Um, what the, the grind, the gruel of it? We hear drivers talk about it today. What was how, how difficult was it? How challenging was that at that point? Because I was kind of the the crew chief and the driver. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the owner because the owner was Tom Garrett Farms. Right, right. And that was our our financer, and he uh, he didn't go. He just kind of let me take off with the stuff, and and I, you know we went out on the road. We we learned those relationships, how important they were. Yeah, and I stayed at Bobby Allen's, or I stayed at Leland's, or I stayed at Oski's, or wherever, and I was all over the country. But uh, but it worked, and I run good enough to run second or third in the points at 1982. But the crew thing was the issue. I had like like five or six guys that I kind of rotate out. Yeah. Every time I come home, they were I was tired of them, and I'd leave them home and get a couple more. <laughs> So I'd trade in my crew guys and take off the other direction. Yeah. So that was the biggest challenge. That was, well, it had to be, though, yeah. because you, 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 you roomed together, you lived together, <laughs> you, you, you did everything. We yeah. pretty much did. We, had, we even slept in the truck a lot. You know, we had yeah, a, I'm sure. We had a camper shell, which was really a state-of-the-art yeah. camper shell. Absolutely. And uh, it was like a, kind of like a Newell or a Prevost, but it was mm-hmm. not quite. But it was yep. just a camper shell. And we were, we were living in that truck. Oh, God. And, uh, get, and we went everywhere, yeah. I'd get sick of people that I love in a situation like yeah, that. I think, I think that, happened, people that, I think that happened a lot, yeah. <laughs> mid eight, you, you, you go a couple years, you run the World of Outlaw Tour, and then uh, you end up running, you, you kind of move into champ carts. What mm-hmm. what happened, What you know, what happened from the World of Outlaw to, to the champ carts there? How, or champ well, cars, how did that go? Well, in 83, when the, when the season was over, my owner, Tom Garrett, he was done. Okay. He, he was done with the racing. Uh, we kind of liquidated the team, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And about that time, C.K. Spurlock called me from Gambler. Okay. He said, yeah. we want to build some 100-inch cars like you guys run there. And what they look like, they look like a Champ Dirt car, like a USAC car. Yeah. And he said, we can run with those guys if you take this car and go run with them. So he supplied the rolling car and all the stuff I needed. we come up with the tires and wheels and a motor, and we went racing. And that was at the, towards the end of 84 and then all of 85, 6, 7. Yeah. We won a lot of races. We, won the, lot U- we won the USAC uh, uh, competition. They had a big USAC challenge with NCRA at Oklahoma City. That was a good one. That race was a good one because <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you became really popular. What what they, transpired in that race well, that made you really popular at the end well, of that one? Yeah. Well, we were, we were good anyway. But, yes, no but doubt. But we were running with um, a couple of guys that were pretty... Um, that were pretty tough to race with, and that's Rich Vogler. And a lot of the USAC guys, you know, those guys were good, but they were also pretty rough on people. Were they? Okay, yes. And um, we were starting the race, and we're coming down the back straightaway, and Vogler and a guy named John Johnson, out of uh, he's out of Kansas, got together. Johnson ends over ends down the back straightaway, and we're all trying to miss him. But it was caused by those guys getting together. On the very first lap, it's a 50-lap race. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, what's wrong with those guys? And I could see it that it was, in my opinion, from where I was, I thought it was Vogler run into him crashing. Yeah. And that's still probably the thought most people have. Sounds like the fans except, believe that except, as well. Yeah. Except Vogler. Yeah, sure. But anyway. Yeah. And he was driving for Bikey Fortune. Okay. With the Coors Light car. So anyway, he they get together, big crash, and we come around, there's a red flag, and they, he stops, and I run into him. Right on the front straight. Man, you could have hurt. The people went nuts. They were they thought I was going to get out and hit him. You know, this is great. Yeah. You know, they, they thought we were going to have a race and a fight. So... <laughs> So I get out of the car, and I go up to the car, and I'm look, looking in there, and he's just sitting there like this. He wasn't even looking at me. I said, hey, 
I said, you know, I'm going to be behind you now, and I'm going to be passing you. Don't be wrecking me. And he says, he, says, he ran over me. I said, oh, that's not the way I saw it. And I could hear the people getting really loud. And I look over this way, and the whole, the whole crowd from the back straightaway is headed to his car. That's, yeah. that's John Johnson. John's team. And, yeah. All them guys were coming. And I said, yeah. I looked at him, I said, good luck. And, and I tell you, Vogler was so brave, that guy. I mean, it yeah. was evident that he was brave. Yeah, yeah, he was amazing. Talent, and, he, huh? and he was. And he just sat there like this. And, and then he finally got out of the car. And I mean, all the police were there. And I mean, the fans were roaring. John Johnson was right there on him. You know, nobody yeah. hit anybody. Yeah, just good conversation. And they restarted the race. And, and Vogler was leading it. When yeah. I caught him, and I passed him in one. And the and crowd I, went wild. Yes, and I, I passed him <laughs> on mid-race. And I'm, I'm coming down the front chute. And we got open headers. Mm-hmm. Two cars right together, and I could hear that crowd. Really? Yes, over the motors, and it was wide open down the straightaway, and I could hear them. We, thought, wow, this is big. Yeah, what so are, I, I, I think. I mean, I, I think. What is that like? What is <laughs> what is that like? I mean, I know you 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 want to go fast, you want to win. Yeah. But when you have a moment like that, what is that like to be able to hear well, the crowd and to and you know what's going on? Oh what's, yeah. Yeah, it was it was a very satisfying feeling. <laughs> I bet because I was passing this guy, and I know they were behind me too. Yeah, you know they were all into it, and it was so good. I, I probably should have ran for public office or something because <laughs> I could have been the mayor. That's what everybody told me. You could be the mayor. I said, well, I don't want to be the mayor. Yeah, I just want to race. <laughs> that is cool. That is. But that's so kind neat. of the story. That's yeah. what happened. I love and, that uh, story. It's just <laughs> it just shows all the personalities and the passion of the yeah. sport is what it you shows. You know, Vogler and Blackie split. They didn't run anymore after that night. Right. Okay. You know, and so I heard. You know, Rich got out of the car in the pits and exited through the fence and and he left. Yeah. Because they were looking. For they him. were looking for him. They were looking for him. <laughs> so you know, and, and me and Rich talked more after that. Yeah. Sure. And we raced together some, and, and it never came up. As a matter of fact, the first Chili Bowl was right after that, eighty-seven. Yeah. And uh, Vogler wins the race, and I'm, I'm about third, maybe, or so. And he's getting interviewed after the race, and he says, these Oklahoma people are so passionate, because they were all booing him, you know, <laughs> after he won the first Chili Bowl. Yeah, of course, you know. It's amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you, you go through this mm-hmm. champ car yeah. f- phase, and then early 90s, 1990, back to sprint cars. I yeah. believe it was NCRA. Well, I was still in sprint cars all the time. You're you know, still doing that all both. the time. Yeah. You ran both. Yeah. Um, but you really focused in on it. And you had a run with the NCRA where you had mm-hmm. like like eight or nine years, top five in points. Right. Um, that yeah, just we, stayed we didn't close. win the championship with them, but I was very close a couple of times. And, uh, and we did win a lot of races with a couple of different owners. Mm-hmm. And it was a great time for me. I mean, I, yeah. I had a great time with it. But I was also promoting races through, through yeah. the whole time in 1980 yeah. on. Yeah. That, let, let, let's go there because that's, yeah. that's in my notes. Yeah. The decision we we talk about this. This is this is 1980 when you and mm-hmm. Wolfgang are swapping out Trossel's yep. car and everything. Yep. The decision to promote racing. Of course, your father did that. Yep. But what what was it? Was it the money? Obviously, the security. What was it that made you start promoting well, races? You know, I was up here running for Bob in 1980 in the spring. I actually, went to Florida mm-hmm. and ran all the races in Florida. Come back here and the season started and we we're starting to run the Knoxville season and all the races around here. And, you know, me and Bob, we built a brand new car. It's, it's, a, it's actually in the museum. It's yeah. an ice cream car downstairs. Okay, yep. The yep. yellow one. Yellow, yep. We built this brand new car. I didn't really like it. You know, Bob was like, you know, it was my fault it wasn't winning. I didn't like the car. <laughs> I thought it was his fault for building something weird. Yeah. So we weren't getting along that great. So about, I don't know, it was probably May or April or May, I said, you know, this ain't working. I'm going home. So I went to Oklahoma. I had a World Outlaw show coming up in June. Yeah. I really kind of thought I was just going to promote from then on. Right. I was going to be okay with putting on the outlaw shows because, I mean, I'd been around the outlaw shows, and I knew the potential. Yeah, yeah. And Oklahoma City was one of those tracks that was, like, 
I mean, it was like this. Top tier, yeah. Big grandstand. You know, we seated 9,600 people. Mm. You know, we had a half mile. We had a quarter mile on the inside. We had pits for 200 semis on concrete. Yeah. So it had all the right stuff. And I really was a, was wanting it to go good. And it did. But but that first one, my dad said, don't do it. It'll never work here. Really? Because he'd been running weekly shows. And, you know, they had five $5 ticket or something. And we had this outlaw show coming. And we were going to charge like $12. He said, oh, that'll never work here. He said, I recommended you don't, you don't do it. Well, I did it anyway. Huge crowd. Yeah. Doug Wolfgang wins. Yeah. You know, it was it was 100 degrees at 10 o'clock at night. Oh, the, my God. During the feature. <laughs> yes. And it was packed with people, and they loved it. And I, I kept doing it. I did them from 80 until 2002. Yeah. Those outlaw shows. Did the outlaw shows. Two a year normally, spring right. and summer. Right. Racing along the way, as we've described, mm-hmm. all of that. And mm-hmm. there, you, you you we talked about the NCRA yep. success. How did you go then? Okay, this is this is one of those left turns for the ages. Okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. in the '90s, you're a sprint car racer in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and in 2000, you're driving for the Richard Petty oh, driving yeah, yeah, yeah. experience. How did, <laughs> how did how did that turn happen? Well, that that happened because the my owner I was with the same owner for ten years, yes. James Helms. Yep, James. He Holmes. was out of Dallas. Great mm-hmm. guy. He he let me run the team out of Oklahoma, but he lived in Texas. Right. And I, I took that team and, and went everywhere we wanted to race, including all the NCRAs and up here a lot. And he, he just let me do it. And, and I was with him for 10 years. And in, two, in 2000, actually, in the end of 99, after the season was over, he developed cancer. So uh, he was fighting it. But April 1st of 2000, he passed away. Okay. So me and the, me and the widow talked about all her stuff we had. She said, well, I, I, I don't need it. I, I don't want to keep it, obviously. And she goes, we can't race. Because mm-hmm. he was the money. Yeah, yeah, right. And I said, well, let me help you liquidate, which I did. And it took me probably six months to liquidate the team. Trucks, trailers, motors, all the stuff we had. And uh, right after that, it was early April of 2000, Brad Knopfsinger calls me. Now, Brad Knopfsinger, sprint car buddy from California. Okay. I see okay, the connection me Brad, here, yeah. Me yep. and Brad have been buddies since the 80s, early 80s. So okay. he calls me. He said, you know, he, got, he was like, I got a deal for you. I know your owner passed away. He said, I think you, I want you to try this. And I said, what is it? He said, well, it's the stock car driving school called Richard Petty Driving Experience. I'm thinking, you mean like stock cars? He goes, yeah. NASCAR cars? He goes, yeah. And I said, oh, those, those wouldn't be any fun. But he talked me into it. He said, I want you to go to Milwaukee, and I want you to give it a shot, and then we'll talk about it. Okay. So he puts it together. Fly, they fly me to Milwaukee, and we got a three- or four-day running in Milwaukee. Yeah. One-mile flat track. Right. And we're running these ride-along cars, which is what I was driving. Two-seater NASCAR. You put a guy in there, and we go. Three yeah. laps, bring him in, get another one. So we just keep, that's what we did. And, and Milwaukee at that time was really, really hot. Yeah, yeah. And there was tons of people in line. And we ran through that whole deal that whole weekend. And I got back to Oklahoma, and, and he calls me. He said, well, what do you think? I said, you know what? I, I could probably do that because, you know, you have, you have no, uh, you know, financial, you know, ex- there you, go. Yeah. you know, exposure. You don't have anything like that. You just go. You know, they fly you there. You do the deal. You know, you fly back home, you, you do regular stuff for three or four days, and you go again. Yeah, yeah, you and get your check. That's and what happened. Your... And he said, well, what do you think if I just send you a schedule, and you can pick the days you want? And I'm saying, okay. So he sends me a schedule, and there's 200 days a year on track. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then tra- plus travel. Yeah. At 20 tracks. So there there I went from full-time sprint car guy <laughs> okay, yeah. to a full-time stock car guy. Yeah. And so I, I did it, and I did it for five years. 
Yeah, and I think that, and, and I think that leads to, and you say you did it for five mm-hmm. years because at that point, then the world of outlaws had reached out to you, mm-hmm. and you you did some race directing. But I, I think the role that you've assumed and you continue to this day, and I was I was the, the goodwill ambassador, the, the 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 number one fan of the sport. Um, you, you did get back into sprint car racing, and you did a little stint with the world of outlaws, right? Right. Yeah, f- two thousand five to ten. You know, the outlaws were, were just getting, yeah. they changed hands. Okay, so, that's you know, right. They, they sold out to a guy in Oklahoma named Paul Kruger. Paul oh, didn't yeah. have a lot of experience in the business or in racing at all. So they hired me. Yeah. And, and it was in Norman, Oklahoma. Okay. I lived right there. I thought, well, this will work. You know, I can yeah. I can do this and, and uh, I'll be closer to home. And, you know, it wasn't hard at all. And so I started doing that. And immediately I started going to the different events and working on the problems with the series and the first one they had was scheduling because mm-hmm. they were getting ready to go up against the NSL right a whole other group that was wanting to have all, all the races and basically the outlaws be gone yeah so I was trying to keep that from happening by securing the tracks that we needed for a good schedule that was Knoxville that was Eldora keep that was, those big ones yes. yeah yeah and so we did that that was the gold cup and those big events you know we went and we secured those before they did and then they went after the schedule and they already had these other races booked so uh, I think really what happened was Richard Petty and the people that were trying to back that deal, Sprintly, yep. Barry Graham, right, and, and what was funny about that was Barry Graham was uh, was the owner of the Richard Petty Driving Experience. Yep. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm on the other side, <laughs> oh, and, that's right. and he's, he's saying, well, how come you're not working for us? I said, well, because I'm working for them. He said, well, I don't get it. So anyway, <laughs> You were working for us. That's yeah. what happened. So, so we put a schedule together. The Outlaws, obviously, in looking back and... And looking at, at what's going on today, they're mm. pretty good. They're pretty solid. Yeah, you got a big I mean, part. The, the, the crowds are huge. The racing is yeah. good. I, I feel good about that because I think I might have made a difference you along should. the way. You should. Early I, on. Yeah, you should. That's that is really yeah. really neat. Yeah. You have um, evolved after that more formal uh, operational stint mm-hmm. with the World of Outlaws, with the World of Outlaws, with the Sprint Car Hall of Fame. You have become like the goodwill ambassador. Um, you're a people person. I know that doesn't doesn't hurt. Yeah. You you love conversation. Um, just what does it mean to you to 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 still have a vibrant, key, big role in this sport that you've loved your whole life? Well, it seems pretty hard to believe, actually. Yeah, because most of the time, and a lot of our friends that I saw race and I got to race with, they're not around anymore. You know, they either they quit coming. They quit coming. Yeah, that's the big a thing. Them, a lot of them quit, quit stopping. They're yep. done with it, and I don't want to be that. I I feel like that. You know that all my all my upbringing was was kind of centered around racing, even the locally, you yeah. know, just locally stuff, local stuff. But but I wanted to be involved in it still, and I want to be able to make a difference. I see all these kids that that if they just had a little confidence, a little push, mm. who knows what could happen with them? And I see that all the time. I mean, I, and you know who some of them are. Yeah, absolutely. Right now yeah. they're here. They're here. Yeah, they're, they're signing on. Yeah, yeah, they're. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, I mean, I just wanted to be able to make a difference there too. So not, I feel like I'm doing that. We're filming this during mm-hmm. Knoxville Nationals Week. Okay, one of the projects is you keep that Hall of Fame. The Trossel's Garage is, is, is of course, obviously a, a, a tribute to Bob and yep. one, your yep. car's down there. But you bring in young drivers, mm-hmm. Hall of Fame drivers. Um, you keep that thing rolling. That has to be neat, though, because you get a little FaceTime with each of these guys, right. too, and you're able to do that encouraging oh, yeah. all these kids. I love yeah. that. You know, and, and when me and Bob talked, I, the way it started, Bob and I were, uh, were talking one day, and he, he had the garage already down there. He goes, you know, why do you think? Why don't you come down and we'll just do, do a, an autograph session? Mm-hmm. And he goes, see if you can round up a couple of guys and bring them with you. 
Well, about that time, Kyle Larson and Rico were, were around. They were kids. Yeah. I talked them into coming, and they went with me. And there, you know, there were four of us. We were signing there first time. <laughs> And then, and then all of a sudden, Bob says, "Well, man, this is pretty cool." He goes, "We ought to do this all the time." <laughs> so we did, yeah. and we stepped it up. And every year, it got a little bigger. Well, Bob passed away, right? And that the decision was, are we going to try to keep it going, or are we just going to not do it because Bob's not here? Right. And Tom Schmay was the director of the, of the Hall of Fame at that time. Yep. And Tom said, "You know what? We'd really like to keep this going if you would be interested in doing it." Yeah. So every year, I kind of say, "Man, this is a this is a tough gig," and. Because you know you, you schedule oh, it, some <laughs> some things happen, and all of a sudden the guy can't come, and I feel bad about it. But but anyway, we did it. You know, we we did it, and we've done it. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep doing it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it is that's great. What, that's what it feels and it's, like. And it's and it's but it passes along that generational thing. Yeah. Not only with the drivers, but you get yeah. kids warming through line and getting that. Mm -hmm. And and who knows that kid might be that I've Shane Carson that. in uh, <laughs> you know in the in yeah. the '60s that fan of that that ra that that race car driver. Yeah. We don't know who that kid. I've might seen be. some of those kids come through there, and now I see them on track. They're racing. Really? Yes, because I've been doing it long enough. Yes, now. sure. They've, yeah, they've worked their way up, and, and there's one down there right now, Gio Selzy. I mean, he's not very old. No, you know, and I remember him when he was a little bitty kid too, and now he's like a threat to win. Any oh my gosh! Ocean. Yes, and that's happening. You know, and I like that. Not that I had anything to do with no, it. No, but you're but, you're you cogging know, the wheel. There's there's a lot so. that happens that, but it's yeah. it's a step yeah. there. I mean, and and, and uh, gosh, that is really really neat. Yeah. So, and then and then as we look at the Hall of Fame, the growth of the mm -hmm. Hall of Fame, the 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 suites here. We're in the yeah, uh, I know. That's yeah, I mean, we're in Richard Marshall's suite. <laughs> he allows us to come in and do this, and this place is. Mm -hmm. But but really, the Brian Clawson Tower. Um, it, it's 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 got to be very rewarding it for is. you to see the Sprint Car Hall of Fame. You're a member, 2007 yeah. inductee, yeah. but this place flourishing and vibrant. Hall of Fames are going out of business every yeah. time you turn around from every not not or, just sports. And big tracks are. Yeah, and, and big are. tracks are. Yeah, uh, it's got to be rewarding for you to see this place just continue to flourish. It is that, and I feel like that uh, if you can, you know, I, I steal this this term, promote the future by preserving the past. Which is what yeah. I do all the time. Yeah, you know, sometimes nobody's ever going to know about that, and they're wondering, well, how did it ever get like this? So I'm trying to tell them, and maybe that makes a difference. You know, yeah. first time I was here, it seated about four thousand people, <laughs> and there, you could not see from one side of the track to the other. It was so dark. Yeah. And now look at no. it. I mean, that's what this place has turned into. I, I attribute that to Ralph Capitani. Yeah, good leadership to do vision. That. Yeah. So he did it, and I'm I'm really glad that I was able to be around and, and follow him along that way. Because mm. that first year or two, I was running there. I'm thinking, man, in black dirt. You know, yeah. our, our track lights were way better than this one. Yeah, this home. place, you have black dirt and, and, and no I'm lights. Thinking, <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, first time I went out, I flipped the shield up, I'm looking around. Is this, is lights even on here? Uh, yeah. You know, and they dropped the green, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I got I got used to it. But, you know, I, I see how much it's came, how far yeah. it's came. How do you? And it's cool. That, yeah. that really is part of why I'd come and do it. We watched this sprint car world. Final Final thoughts. Where do you see this thing? Because I, I don't. We, we had a great conversation during the season mm -hmm. with Terry McCarl, and I said, "Do you remember ten years ago when the discussion was, will the sport survive, or how will this not will mm -hmm. it, but how will the sport survive without Stephen Sammy? Okay, <laughs> yeah. Steve is yeah. retired. Sammy's still around, yeah. still going, and everything. But what do you what do you see? Where do you see this thing going? I, I think it's going to continue to grow. It's going to continue to get better. The big shows are going to get bigger. Yep. You know, I really feel that way. I think the talent level is as good as it's ever yep. been. Yep. I think it's deeper than it's probably ever been. Yeah. I mean, you look at the lineup tonight, and you look oh. after this is over tonight, you look at the points for the, <laughs> I guarantee you go down to about 50 or 60, and you're going to say, wow, I can't believe that guy's 60th. Yeah. You know, he's the guy that wins everywhere. 
That can so, happen. Yeah, And uh, I just feel like that, that we're in a great it's a great time to be a race fan. I yes, think. I think so too. You know, I I would love to still be racing, but I'm I'm having a pretty good time doing what I'm doing. <laughs> Not a bad scene, right? <laughs> so I'm doing it. Shane, yeah. thank you so much for the yeah, time. We appreciate Shane. it. Always great getting thank to chat you. with you, yeah. and I'm glad we yeah. had a camera present yeah, this time. Me too. Absolutely. And I'll see you at the down yeah. We're we're down on the side. We got our autograph table. Shuts <laughs> coming up as well. So okay. uh, Shane Carson, 2007 inductee into the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame, joining us here from Knoxville on Wing Nation presents. No matter where I go in the sprint car world or the racing world, one of my favorite people to run into is Shane Carson. Always a great story, always a big smile. It's one of the sport's great ambassadors. With thousands of laps long, Drydeen's DRF racing oils were built and proven on the track. And now they're ready for your race engine. DRF is engineered exclusively for high horsepower racing engines that require maximum performance against the toughest competition. And DRF racing and braking oils are built with competition grade ZDVP to protect critical engine components while boasting improved torque and horsepower and superior temperature reduction. To get DRF in your engine, go to drfracing.com or call 1-877-DRIV. Winged Nation presents, presented by Driving DRF Racing Oils. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. 